evening and welcome to another edition of The Racing Show here on Three Valleys Radio. All our usual guests will be here tonight, including Colin Brown, of course, Dave Wilson, Richard Phillips, Jamie Snowden, and we've got an extended interview with Joe Tizard on his uh, thoughts on upcoming Cheltenham. Add to that all the racing news, and of course our equine superstar, and you've got hopefully a good hour's worth of racing chat. Welcome to the show. My name's A.D. Hopper. I'm here to steer you through all the ins and outs of what we have on the show tonight. And we're going to start, as we always do, with all the racing news with Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's edition of the Racing News. With all the news that is the news across the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Patton and here's this week's first story. The Ballymore Novices Hurdle, the Grade 1, which kicks off Wednesday's action at the Cheltenham Festival, will be shown on ITV4 as part of 20 hours of live coverage from Jump Racing's showpiece event on terrestrial television. ITV Racing will broadcast the first five races on all four days of the festival, with the Ballymore the only race to be screened on ITV4 rather than ITV1. The opening hour of Wednesday's afternoon coverage will be shown on ITV4. Also, the destination for the opening show, which has been extended to 90 minutes from its usual hour slot for Festival Week, and will be presented by Ollie Bell. The afternoon programme, fronted by Ed Chamberlain, will run from 1 to 4.30pm each day, with 20-time champion jockey Sir Anthony McCoy, Gold Cup winning rider Mick Fitzgerald and the festival's all-time leading jockey Ruby Walsh providing analysis throughout the week. The other 13 grade ones will be shown on ITV. Kicking off with the Supreme Novices Hurdle, the Arkle, Champion Hurdle and the Merses Hurdle on a spectacular Tuesday on March 14th. Walsh said, The week starts with a wide-open Supreme, a belting Arkle, Constitution Hill with a new rival and five mares to round it out. What a way to start. The Ballyborn builds up to a Clarence House Chase rematch between Editeur de Gite and Edward Stone and last year's winner Energabin in the Champion Chase on the Wednesday. The Ryanair Chase and Stairs' Hurdle take top billing on Thursday's coverage with Friday headlined by the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Chamberlain said... Nothing sells the sport better than top-class horses, and this year it looks like we are going to be spoilt with a host of superstars. The home team, spearheaded by Constitution Hill, John Bon and Hermes Allen, is poised to take on the might of the Irish invaders, with the likes of Galapand, a Champ, Stateman and an Ergamine. At ITV, we just can't wait. So the lineup for the Cheltenham Festival live races on television looks a little bit like this. 
Tuesday, March the 14th, we have at 1.30 the Skybet Supreme Novices Hurdle. At 2.10, the Sporting Life Arkle Challenge Trophy Novices Chase. 2.50 is the Ultima Handicap Chase. 3.30, the Unibet Champion Hurdle Challenge Trophy. And 4.10 on the Tuesday has Close Brothers Mares' Hurdle. All of those are on ITV1. On Wednesday, March the 15th, the lineup looks like this. 1.30, Ballymore Novices Hurdle. That one is on ITV4, but the rest of these are all on ITV1. At 2.10, the Brown Advisory Novices Chase. 2.50 brings us the Coral Cup Handicap Hurdle. 3.30, the Queen Mother Champion Chase. And at 4.10, the Glen Farkless Cross Country Chase. That's Wednesday, March 15th. As I said, the later ones are all on ITV1. Thursday, March the 16th, all of these are on ITV1. 1.30 kicks us off with the Turner's Novices Chase. 2.10 is the Potemps Network Final Handicap Hurdle. 2.50, the Ryanair Chase. 3.30, the Paddy Power Stayers is Hurdle. And at 4.10, the Plate Handicap Chase. All of those on ITV1. And on the Friday, they are all on ITV1 as well. And Friday looks like this. March the 17th at 1.30, the JCB Triumph Hurdle. 2.10 gives us the McCoy Contractors County Handicap Hurdle. 2.50, the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle. 3.30, Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup Chase. And at 4.10 on March the 17th is the St James's Palace Festival Challenge Cup Open Hunters Chase. All of those are on ITV1. Next here on the Racing News. Record-breaking Scottish trainer Keith Dalglish has announced he is set to quit the profession this year. He stressed that he is giving up to spend more time to enjoy life rather than for financial reasons and added that he may return after taking a break. Dalglish has been based at Belstane Racing Stables in Carluke, South Lanarkshire since 2011 and has broken the record for the most winners in a flat season by a Scottish-based trainer five times since 2014. He has won 799 in total on the flat in Britain and 153 over jumps, becoming the first trainer north of the border to send out 100 winners in a calendar year back in 2017. He sent out his ninth listed winner when Prince of Pillows scored at air last autumn, but he said on Tuesday... I'm going to stop training this year. I haven't set a date. I've just told my owners and my staff that it will be sometime in 2023. We're not too far off a thousand winners, so that might be a good time to go out. Some have been surprised, but people change path all the time in every other walk of life. I don't see the big deal. I want more time to myself and my family. There is no other reason than that. I know others have been going out of the game because they haven't had enough business, but it's nothing like that. Dalglish, aged 39, started in racing as an apprentice with Mark Johnston and won nearly 300 races as a flat jockey, including two at Royal Ascot and a German Group 1 on Ivana's place. But his six-foot frame made weight a serious issue, and he retired from the saddle at age of just 21. I'd been really lucky, he said. I've had some great support, great owners and great success and I've really enjoyed it. But training racehorses is very much a 24-7 job, seven days a week and I just want to do other things for a while. I want to be able to do some travelling. 
I took up cycling during lockdown and fell in love with it, so I'll do plenty of that. And I have quite a few sheep who need looking after, so I'll do that too. But I may be back in a few years. I'll see how it goes. Next, here on the Racing News. Six winners from 11 runners. percent strike rate. A £1 level stake profit of plus £27.25. These remarkable jump season statistics speak for themselves for dual-purpose trainer Lydia Richards. Richards, who is based in the West Sussex village of Funtington, has nine horses in training and only three have run over jumps this season, with the homebred brothers Certainly Red and Good News recording noteworthy successes. It is no one-season wonder either with Richards boasting a 27% strike rate over the past five jumps campaigns. Punters will have made a profit back in her horses for the last four seasons. Victory for Certainly Red on the Tolworth Hurdle card at Sandown in January provided some exposure on ITV for Richards, who has space for three more horses at a yard and feels they punch considerably above their weight. Richards, who trained a career-best seven flat winners in 2021, said, I feel we go under the radar a lot. People don't really take a lot of notice of the very small yards, but that's just life. It's been going very well and we have a really good team. We work very hard, pay attention to a lot of detail with all our horses and it pays off. Our horses are quite often overlooked just because it's us and they would go off much shorter prices if they were with the bigger yards. In some ways, that's quite nice for us. Certainly Red, who is out of Venetian Lass, has won four of his last five starts with his latest Wincanton victory taking him to a career high rating of 142. Richards has taken great enjoyment from seeing his rise through the ranks and he might well have more to come with the trainer waiting on rain before making a plan. She said, He comes out of his last race very well and it entirely depends on the weather as to where he goes next. The arrival of some rain would be very helpful. He was a very late developer and a very slow learner. His messages between brain and legs were a bit slow for a long time, but once he gets the hang of something, he'll do it all day. It's taken him a while to really get his act together, but he's doing very well now and has to go and take on some of the big boys off his new mark. We have his half-sister at home. We're going to breed with her, and he's the last of the geldings to come from that family and seems to be the best. It's lovely and very exciting. Certainly Red made his debut in a bumper at Kempton in March 2019, belying his 33-1 odds to finish second. He was beaten by a horse called Shishkin. She said, If we had known back then how good Shishkin was, we probably wouldn't have been there. It makes you laugh looking back now. Richards's eye-catching statistics could be boosted on Friday, with recent recruit Capstan entered for his hurdling debut at Newbury. The four-year-old was bought from Sir Michael Stout for 35,000 guineas in October and beaten a length when fourth at 28-1 to at Kempton on his stable earlier last month. Richard said, I was very pleased with his first run and will just keep an eye on the ground for Friday. He would be fine on good ground, but I wouldn't run him on anything firm. He's been schooling very well and he is a very nice horse. I like him a lot. Next, here on the Racing News. 
Gordon Elliott fears the sport could lose owners because of the new whip rules in Britain and said he is both scared and saddened by the prospect of winners being disqualified at next month's Cheltenham Festival. In the very first week of the new whip rules, Lunar Discovery was disqualified after finishing second in an air bumper because jockey Charlotte Jones hit the favourite 11 times, four over the new limit in jumps races and enough to throw the horse out. There were 20 riding suspensions in the first week too, with Lorcan Williams receiving the longest, an 18-day ban, which has ruled him out of the Cheltenham Festival. Elliot is on edge with just over a fortnight to go to the festival due to both the threat of disqualification and potential bans for his jockeys, with April's Grand National in mind. When asked about the new whip rules, the trainer said, It's scary and something that really worries me. It's something that I actually lie in bed thinking about at night, that you could win a gold cup and then lose it the following week. That's scary. Elliot who has celebrated 34 festival winners and been leading trainer at the meeting on two occasions, said both the timing and the logic behind the BHA's new wit rules baffles him. He said, If a ten-year-old child came up and said it to you, you'd say to them, Are you sure? It's actually hard to believe it's come to this. It's like Brexit coming in. Nobody realised what was going to happen until it happened, and something similar is after happening here. For the Irish lads riding at Cheltenham, it's going to be very tricky. Elliot's main fear is for the owner, though, who could spend days celebrating a big win at Cheltenham only to have their party spoiled a week later by a panel who deemed their horse to have been hit too many times. The trainer said, My biggest worry is for the owner. If they buy a horse, pay all the training fees and fund all the other costs that go along with owning a horse and then they win at Cheltenham, which is our Olympics, only to have that race taken off them for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Nothing. It's just not right. We could lose owners from the game out of this. He continued about his concerns. I'd hate to be going back and watching a replay of a race I'd won at Cheltenham and counting the strikes and wondering how many strikes there have been. Like a slap down the shoulder is considered a strike now. Someone very, very shrewd said to me the other day that they will be shocked if there is not a horse disqualified at Cheltenham. I didn't think Charlotte Jones did anything wrong the other day. It didn't look bad to me. Not only is disqualification a concern for Elliot, but so too are jockey bans. 18-year-old jockey Sam Ewing is not allowed to ride in the Grand National unless he has two more winners over fences and criteria like that combined with possible widespread bans at Cheltenham has Elliot already worried about the Grand National on April the 15th and finding enough jockeys who will be allowed to ride in the race. He said... How in this day and age has something as big as this come in a couple of weeks before Cheltenham? I don't think it's a brilliant thing to have happened anyway. But if it came in at the start of the season, you'd have lived with it and say that's the way it is. But we might not have enough jockeys to ride in the Grand National the way things are going. He continued. Sam Ewing doesn't even qualify to ride in the National at the moment. He still needs two more winners over fences. That's why he's over and back to England and riding a lot of our chasers. We're trying to get him two winners so he can ride in the race. It could get to the stage where there won't be 40 jockeys to ride in the Grand National.
Thanks for listening. This has been this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, and join us again next time for the Racing News. Now it's time to find out where we can go racing this weekend. OK, there are eight races over the jumps at Doncaster with a one o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Kelso, one fifteen start. Seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the all-weather, one twenty start. Seven races over the jumps at Newbury with a one forty start. Seven races over the jumps at Navan in Ireland with a two o'clock start. And seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 5.30 start. There's also racing at Maydam in the United Arab Emirates, Gulfstream Park in the US of A, and Santa Anita in America. And on Sunday, there are seven races over the jumps at Huntingdon with a 1.15 start. Seven races over the jumps at Foslas, 1.35 start. Seven races over the jumps at Wexford in Ireland, 1.40 start. Seven races over the jumps at Leopardstown in Ireland, 2 o'clock start. And also Santa Anita in the US of A. Now, as regular listeners will know, we have a feature now called Equine Superstars, where we look at some of the stars of the past and wonder at some of their achievements. Equine Superstars. And this week we're looking at Grundy. Grundy was a chestnut stallion and was foaled in 1972. Grundy's sire was great nephew and his dam word from Lundy and he was foaled in Ireland. His owner was Carlo Vittadini and he was bred by the Overbury stud and trained by Peter Warwin. Amongst his major wins were in 1974 the Cyrenia Stakes, the Champagne Stakes, the Dewhurst Stakes, and in 1975 the Irish Derby, the Irish 2000 Guineas, the Epsom Derby, the King George and Queen Elizabeth Stakes. His earnings were 326421 but this was 1972, so a lot of money. He was retired to stud at the end of 1975 and had some success as a sire of winners and was subsequently exported to Japan where he sadly passed away in 1992. Now let's cast our minds back to the 1975 King George and Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Some say the race of the century. That away. And Bustino himself is one of the first to show from Grundy on the outside and then the highest racing up now to take it up from Kinglet and it's highest from Kinglet and Bustino, the three stable companions with star appeal on the outside of Bustino then comes Grundy then just in behind Grundy is Ashmore and then Dividale and then comes Dahlia then on my way and Card King and Libra's Rib is the back marker as they get on towards Swindley Bottom at a really blistering pace with highest in the lead from Kinglet in second and star appeal third and four is Bustino five Grundy six on the outside is Ashmore seven on the inner then comes Dahlia 
here and eight is Dibby Dale. And then just in behind them come Card King on my way and Libra's Rib. And already they're coming up towards the mile marker at a really blistering gallop still with highest going on from King Leighton Star Appeal. Then a gap of three lengths to Bastino. Then comes Grundy. Behind Grundy is Ashmore with Dahlia. Then Dibby Dale and Card King and on my way and Libra's Rib. And only seven furlongs to run now. And the King George the Sixth and Queen Elizabeth Diamond Stakes. And it's highest in the lead from King Leighton. Then comes Star Appeal. And then Bastino. Behind Bastino is Grundy. Then Ashmore. Then Dahlia. Then Card King. And then Dividale then Libra's Ribbon on my way is the back marker of the 11 runners and now it's Kinglet who's going on Kinglet from highest and then Star Appeal and then Bustino Bustino making relentless progress back in fifth place is Grundy but closing with them and then comes Ashmore and then Dahlia and it's Kinglet from Star Appeal now as they race towards the five furlong marker and pass it it's Kinglet in the lead from Star Appeal in second and Bustino third and Grundy four and five Ashmore and six is Dahlia seven just behind them Libra's Rib making good ground towards the outside then Card King behind Card King is Dividale then on my way and they're past the half mile marker now and racing towards the home turn and it's Bustino has gone on from Grundy and it's Bustino now in the lead from Grundy the favourite in second then comes Star Appeal third Dahlia's coming there strongly four behind Dahlia is Ashmore then Libra's Ribbon Card King as they level up for home and Bustino from Grundy in second Star Appeal and Dahlia then Ashmore then on my way beginning a run towards the stand side of the two final marker and it's Bustino Joe Mercer being pressed by Pat Henry now Grundy then Dahlia in third place as they race towards the Ballon Pole. It's Bustino and Grundy together. Then comes Dahlia, then on my way. Bustino on the far side, Grundy on the near side. The three-year-old and the four-year-old as they race into the final 150 yards. And it's Grundy going on from Bustino and Dahlia and on my way. Bustino's fighting his way back, but Grundy's holding him on as they come to the line. Grundy wins it, Bustino second, Dahlia's third. Was it the race of the century? That's really for you to choose. Certainly won it epic struggle. Now it's time to catch up with one of our local trainers, it's Mr Sid Hosey and we're going to talk about Rock My Way amongst other things. Right, well good morning Sid, thanks for very much for coming on the show. Um, you seem to be referred to as a rookie trainer, so first question really is, you know, how did you get started, What, what what's your history up to this point? Um, I've had resources um, for the last sort of 10 years now but I've um, owned them, but I've had a lot of extra horses when I used to hunt and um, had ponies as a kid, so I got into horses that way, really. But yeah, um, yeah the term rookie, that's a, <laughs> it's an American term, isn't it? First yeah. season, I suppose. Yeah, I think yeah. that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. But I mean, you yeah. know, clearly you've, you've, you've got the right connections. I know you're, you're, you're friendly with uh, Gay Kellaway, for example, because she, she mentioned you when she came on the show a few weeks ago now. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, suddenly it's all beginning to happen, isn't it? What with Rock My Way and uh, Lieutenant Rocco, etc. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work sometimes to get them, get them to these big races. So when it pays off and get a, get some winners, it's quite nice, and then people take notice. So yeah, quite. Yeah, hopefully we're on a good first season, really. And um, I see from from looking looking up on the internet, according to them, they've got nine winners from seventy-eight runs, which uh, you know for a first season, that's that, I would have thought that was good. But I mean, I'm not an expert on it. But um, you must be quite pleased with that, aren't you? Yeah, well, yeah, that's 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 yeah, we're really happy with that. Bitten someone's arm off if they said that to us um, back when the season started in, in May. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Rock my way, obviously. Um, is a live chance at Cheltenham. Just how how hopeful are you? Going to do okay? Yeah. Um, yeah, hippie, hippie. He's got a hell of a chance. He'll be he'll be thereabouts at the end of the race. 
Don't worry about that. I've seen enough of him at home, and uh, yeah. yeah, he will be rocking his way out of the hill. Trust me. You, you, <laughs> I, I will. I will. <laughs> you must be disappointed, yeah. though, to have lost your jockey. Yeah, that's a bit of a shame. Tom's gone, but um, you know, if it's right for the right reasons, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. A bit of stick. Everyone, everyone thought that it was. He couldn't afford that much of a horse. He'd have hung on and ridden it. But <laughs> you know, when when you're told if you have another fall, and you know, yeah. It, the danger sport we're in, and um, even though I was sure it was a very tough decision for him, but he's a brilliant, brilliant um, flag bear for the sport, wasn't he, Tom? Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot of him on TV in the future myself, but uh, we will see, we yeah. will see. But uh, any ideas yet as to who you might get to jockey him on uh, Cheltenham? Um, Nick Schofield is in the, uh, in the running. Um, we did have Tom Bellamy rode a very nice winner for a Saturday, I think that's put his name firmly in. Yeah, put his hat firmly in the firmly in the ring. Um, I've got to do what's best for the horse, and uh, yeah, and I, I I've got to have a serious think about Tom now as well. So, so, so um, is Lieutenant Rocco going to Cheltenham as well or not? He's in the Pertamps Networks final, which is a three mile hurdle race. He'd be back over hurdles if he does. Yeah, um, the handicapper would probably have to raise him some after his win at Kempton on Saturday. But if he can creep in, I'd I'd be happy to run him. Um, if not, he'd go back to Kempton the Saturday after the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, a... Have you got any other horses lined up for Cheltenham apart from those two? Um, Eritage, a uh, horse we bought for Paul Nichols last year. Yeah. He's got a couple entries. We'll just um, build him up for that. So as long as he stays down until then, he'll get a run. So looking forward to Cheltenham, obviously, with three runners then. Yeah, three runners. Um, yeah, if they all get there. And, you know, some of them will be on quite... quite uh, quite sort of chancy to get them there just because there's so many entries so mm. some of them might be a bit too low in the handicap but you've got to be in it to win it and we're, yeah yeah absolutely so you have a, having a bash anyway that's the main thing well look thank you very much for joining us um Sid, it's, it's nice to t talk to you and to hear from you. Um, what about this business with Gay Calloway? I mean, I was reading that there was a possibility she was going to come and join you down there at Sherborne. Is, is that a likely thing going to happen or not? Um, no, in the future, no. That's, that's, there's been talk of it, but Gay's had such a good season on the flag, and, and um, I, I enjoy doing this on my own, and I think doing it by myself is better for me. Um, in the future, Gay may come down to Dorset, and um, yeah, and then she's we'll link up in some way, I'm sure, but... Um, I think she's quite happy in Newmarket at the minute. Yeah, yeah, quite. Uh, and and you, you're sticking totally to jump horses, are you? You're not going to do any flat horses? No, just yeah, just jump horses. I yeah. um, don't have a flat licence, so I'm sure in the future we could apply for one. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. Well, look, the best of luck at Cheltenham. Hope you have a, a, a fantastic time, and obviously three winners would be nice. And... Uh, we should be uh, sticking our five pence worth on, don't you worry. Yeah, get that on rock my way. That's what you're going to do. Okay, yeah. it, okay then, Sid. Well, look, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. And we'll we'll talk to you in a month's time or probably around Cheltenham yeah, time. Yeah, that's great. Right. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Well, that was Sherborne trainer Sid Hosey, who's getting very excited about rock my way for Cheltenham. And uh, he joined us on the show today just to give us a little insight into how he got where he's got. Well, now it's time to catch up with Richard Phillips over in Gloucestershire for his view of the weekend's racing. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Good to get hold of you again. Um, where are we going this week? Newbury, Kelso? Yeah, well, we've got quite a bit going on this weekend as ever. There's, um, despite the ground, uh, still not being soft enough for some. 
still got some interesting racing. At Newbury, we've got the Greatwood Gold Cup, uh, where we've got Newbury Specialist, Danza, and Paint the Dream, and other such goodies running in that competitive uh, chase. Uh, Zanza is a Newbury Specialist. He only wins, wins around there for the Hobbs' camp. He's also in at uh, Kelso, so I don't know which one he's going to go for, but probably being a specialist at uh, Newbury will go there. But, of course, they've had a bit of problem with the ground at Newbury recently. Is the fact they haven't been able to water. So the last meeting uh, was good to the firm, which is very unusual, as you imagine, from yeah. February. But, yeah. uh, but great, great with Gold Cups, an interesting race always, and there's plenty of good horses in there anyway. And also we've got at Doncaster, we've got the Grimthorpe Chase, which is like a follow-up to the Skybet Chase. It used to be known as the Great Yorkshire Chase. Um, and the winner was Cooper's Cross uh, a few weeks ago, and he goes there again. With does he know Kim Bailey's camp and under supervision? Who is another horse that runs well around Donny. So uh, that they're two interesting chases, one at Newbury and one at Doncaster. But a lot of the action is taking place. I'm pleased to say in Kelso up oh. north, where they've been very imaginative. Great race course, Kelso. They look after their uh, visitors very well. Owners, jockeys, trainers, whoever. They love you to come and visit up there. And they put on a bonus in the past for winners. Of the Moor Battle, which is always an interesting hurdle. And the Shunter took the bonus, uh, Emmett Mullins, his runner, a couple of years ago, a £100,000 bonus. And he's going to try and do it again with a horse called McTeague that runs there. Uh, and the Shunter goes to the Grand National. That horse has won a lot of races, put Emmett Mullins on the map before he won the, uh, before he won the Grand National with Noble Yates. Um, it, the Shunter was a horse he vastly improved. So um, some interesting stuff going on up there with. Uh, the Tolworth uh, runner, the mean Leon, who's third to the Tolworth from the Richard Lee camp. He goes up there to take on Ferronelli um, from Emmett Mundens' yard. So it's an interesting time up there. So, um, yeah, lots of good races going on, including another the listed Premier Chase, uh, sponsored by Bet365, with Limilos, uh, the winner of the Hennessy, as was, is now called the Coral Race. And uh, the shunt from there with Zanza, like I say, might go there if the ground at Newbury is not quite right. So a fascinating weekend, but mainly action at Kelso. Yeah, no, um, still no rain, or at least not not much. If we have had any, I haven't spotted much. It, um, it must be getting uh, a bit worrying, isn't it? It is, and um, there's talk of the Shelter Festival. I mean, I think they're on to the... Um, obviously the watering already because there's no rain forecast there's a bit of sleet and snow turning up yeah. but I don't think that's a great deal but it's on the driest Februarys in history uh, and it has caused a lot of problems with a lot of jumpers throughout Britain not being able to run because the ground just doesn't have enough cut in it, doesn't just have enough give in it so um, a lot of trainers throughout Britain are hoping there's going to be a bit of rain eventually uh, mm. whether it comes in heavy April showers or May, knowing Britain in July it'll be bottomless and yeah. flooded but yeah. but you can't predict anything these days but uh, yeah the lack of rain is a big worry and of course the lack of grass growth yeah because um, they just haven't had the um, precipitation to encourage the grass growth and and a lot of race courses are lacking in a bit of uh, cover of grass and Cheltenham has uh, voiced those concerns as well but the, the ground at Cheltenham will be fine and it'll be well watered and it'll be safe but uh it won't be naturally produced. I think it'll have to be produced by um, the great race course itself. Yeah. Now, I think we've discussed several times already 
is the whip issue and it just doesn't seem to want to go away there's a there's an awful lot of debate still going on various people coming out gordon elliott coming out and complaining about it the first couple of fines have gone through i mean do you think the authorities are ever likely to change it again because of the, the you know the outcry if we can call it that no i don't think they will um i think it's taking a bit of time and like i've probably said before um there's two sides to every story um there it's been a bit unfortunate this whip review if you get a group of people together you'll always get an argument and that's what the whip review was some people thought it should be uh, not carried at all some people thought it should be just carried and not used behind the saddle um and most people thought that you should carry on using the using the pro kush um but as i've stated before i don't if you bring it to the attention of the public i don't think they're too keen on you hitting animals however much you explain it to people uh but uh, to be fair to the BHA and to be fair to the WIP review, they got a. They all agreed on what they were going to do. The jockeys, whether you'd like to say they were not represented well enough or whatever, they didn't concentrate hard enough. So Tom Scudamore and Richard Johnson were on that WIP review. Um, everyone agreed what to do. And when it came to the four, um, the jockeys were unaware of some of the things they had to do or or didn't make their case soon enough. Mm. Uh, I have sympathy for the jockeys, obviously, because they've been used to doing something and trying to change it, but the rules are rules, and ultimately, um, whatever you say, um, as I've said before, probably the decision on whether you're allowed to carry a stick on a racehorse or hit it will probably go to the House of Commons now, it'll be taken out of racing's power, um, yeah. eventually. And... Um, I think racing instead will now look as though it's kicking and screaming um, instead of looking as though it was looking ahead, as it were. But um, I think these rules won't change. I think that jockeys will eventually um, get used to them and realise that um, the, the stick is there to be used um, as little as possible. Still, it makes good copy for the Racing Post, I suppose, so we shouldn't. It's not all bad. Um. Well, it makes good copy for uh, a lot. Unfortunately, when it comes to Cheltenham Festival, it will be the thing that will be, you know, that's, I'm afraid, as we know with news, mm -hmm. uh, people don't read the news. They like to read the bad news. Yeah. And oh, therefore, yeah. Yeah. it's about newspapers and television and report on it. And um, I understand why. And I'm afraid... Um, Unless, uh, but I have noticed over the last week or so that jockeys are very conscious of the fact now and they are trying very hard and I think they need to be supported as a group of professionals uh, so that they get it right and that ultimately everyone's trying to do the right thing and um, support everyone and make sure that as a sport um, it looks as though the horses are being looked after to the best possible way and um, if that means by jockeys not basically um, using the stick as much as they did in the past, then I think that's got to be a good thing. Yeah. So going back to the horses a minute, what's your best your best bet of the day then? You gave us a few mentions up, uh, Kelso and Newbury and what have you. So what's your best bet? Well, it, there's a, some fairly, um, how can I put it, open races coming up, but under supervision of the Twist and Davis's camp, um, hopefully that horse will run a big race I think in the Grimthorpe yeah. uh, 
I'm well around Doncaster before, and I think he's probably an each-way price in the Grimthorpe. He'd be my each-way bet for the weekend. Right. Okay, Richard. Well, thank you very much for that, and uh, we will catch up with you again next week. Will do. Many thanks. Thanks a lot, Richard. Thanks. Well, that was Richard Phillips there up in Gloucestershire with his tips for the weekend, and now he's going to be closely followed by Colin Brown. Well, good evening, Colin. Later than usual tonight, but... Uh, we're all busy people. How are you? Having a good week? Yeah, week's fantastic. Never had a better week in my life. <laughs> I haven't got a kitchen. And <laughs> What's your I name, Pinocchio? Uh, yeah, I've, I've had the kitchen done this week and it's like not quite finished. So the little kitchen that I have in an office in the garden, they just ripped that out today saying they're going to just um, leave us with water and we've got no water now. Hmm. So... Um, in the middle of the night, if I need to go for a little tinkle, I'll have to walk up the garden and go into the other house. Ah, it will be, we'll be done in a day or two. It'll be fine. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot worse people off than us. Absolutely. So, where are we going first, then? Kelso? Well, I think we'll, let's get up the north to Kelso. Have you ever been to Kelso? No, never been to Scotland. You really? No, never been to Scotland in 75 years. I've never been to Scotland. Really? Mm. Closest I've got was probably Newcastle or Hartlepool, somewhere like that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's, that's as close as I've got. Yeah. Well, I'm, ble I'm, I'm amazed. Anyhow, your, uh, your trainer and my mate, Jamie Snowden's got a runner or two up there. Mm. Have you spoken to Snowden, the head of the. Uh, Ahead of the radio show on Friday. I'm, I'm now. I'm. I've got to get hold of him. He's late this week. I've got to get him tomorrow. Now, tomorrow afternoon. Now, so he'll be the no last. No problem. He'll be the last of the old um, yeah pit jigsaw puzzle. Right. Let's crack wet, Carl. So first race is a novice handicap chase. Um, looks pretty competitive, as always. Not that many runners, sadly, but probably the ground up there. You know is. Um, is uh, it is as good and uh, probably good good soft as you're going to get really because it's been so dry hasn't it? Mm. Um, so what wins it? I think the uh, favourite will probably win the first one fifteen at Kelsonen's horse called Sholak Jack. Shola Jack, mm -hmm. um, trained by Skelton, only a seven year old. Uh, looks a bit of an improver. Um, I think what was it the other day one. I was just watching him win. I thought he looks a bit. Oh, he won at Lingfield. Beat Enzo Dairy by 12 lengths. Yeah, I think he'll win. Sholajak. Uh, that's my first selection up there at, um, at Kelso. You know, you've got to give it to these race callers, haven't you? Well, some of the names of these horses, and they've got to, they've got to watch a race where they're all changing positions and everything else, and you've got to come up with names like Sholokajak. Quickly, I mean, it must be a very yeah. difficult job. I must, I must speak to um, Simon Holt next time about it. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, well, in the next race, the one fifty, the more battle hurdle. It's a bit of a sort of triumph hurdle trial. Well, it's a bit of a Cheltenham trial, if you like, um, um, for a couple of the races that horses got entries. You know, you got horses in the race called uh, Lotus Sud and you yeah, know, Dear Mark. Um, you know, just. Yeah, they do come up with some rubbish names. I mm. quite agree. Yeah. Any, any, uh, second race looks too too hard for me, so I ain't gonna 
give you any tips on that one. But that's just an example of. I should have thought. T you know, um, what's it called? Treat Tritonic would have stood out a little bit there. Alan King. Okay. All right. Well, that, we'll put that down as your tip then. All right, if you like. Tritonic. Well done, you. If that uh, wins, that'd be fantastic. It would be, wouldn't it? Better back it as well. It will. Yeah, better back it as well. Yeah. Uh, next race again, the two twenty-five. Um, oh, you know Jamie Snowden, he? and he's got also got Colonel Harry that he took to so Newcastle the other day, one by eight wickets. Time before that was fourth to quite a good horse in Nichols, which is only six to one for the Royal and Sun Alliance Service. So I'd say Colonel Harry has got a good chance in our third race at Kelso, the 2.25. Righty-ho. Um, right, moving on. There's a little race, the next race on the card there. Bit of an improver, actually, I must say. Um, I did watch this the other day. Bit of an improver on the top, uh, on Santos Blue here in the 3 o'clock. Trained by um, Skelton. Ben Sutton rising. Ben Sutton, for people that follow racing quite closely, um, is the son of Kim Bailey's ex-wife, Tracy, who was a model for many years, very attractive young lady. Um, yeah, so Tracy Bailey's nephew, if you like. And uh, he's got some nice horses to ride. This one at Weatherby and Chepstow, probably still improving. It's rated about 100 and... 20, I'd say that might take the 3 o'clock there at Kelso. Right, you are. And then, and then we have got the, oh God, Zanza goes up. Actually, it was really good racing up there. Zanza goes up for the um, 335, the Premier Listed Chase. And Zanza, who loves Newbury, um, quite amazingly, he won off 143 at Newbury the other day, and he won easily. They stuck him right up to 158. That is quite amazing. Just um, that is a lot of that is a lot of increase in, in weight just because he won easily. Mm. And um, but don't yeah. forget, he's Isn't also really? entered at Newbury. He's also entered at Newbury as well. So I would think he'll be going to Newbury myself. Mm -hmm. um, right yeah, up there also. <clears throat> looks hard as well, the 410. So I can have a quick look at the 445. And um, it's a two-mile handicap. And there's a horse trained by Ben Pauling called Unit 64. His horse is in great form, you know, good little trainer he is. Mm. He's got some great owners. He will be champion trainer one day. And I think Unit 64, number two, will win the 445 um, at, at Kelso. Okay. So that's my lot at Kelso. Right. We're going to just move down to Doncaster on the way home. Okay. Not a track that, not a track I really like that much, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why. I think it's a better flat track than jump track. I don't do very well there, anyhow. But there's a couple of horses that I thought sort of stood out um, there at Kelso. One of them's called Mr. Freedom. This horse was trained by Mick Shannon, and he runs there at the two, in the 205. Trained by Mick Shannon, and he was running over six furlongs for a long time. Then he ran him over a mile, and then he sold him to Sheena West, who's a good judge. 
And poor old Mark Goldstein, who's won about five races on him, broke his leg last weekend, so Robbie Dunn rides him. But I tell you what, he'll take the beating in the 205 there at Doncaster. I really fancy him there. So that is that what I reckon will win the 205 at Donny. Okay. Um, here we go. We've got the Grimthorpe Chase, which is a bit of a sort of Grand National trial, of, if you like, at 315. Sporting John from the Hobbs Stable. I mean, he was so far behind the other day. He sort of second run back from a wind operation, but was beaten 50 lengths, which is a long way, never going to win. But do you know These horses sometimes sort of bounce back, but um, I think he'll have to do well to bounce back there. And I fancy a horse called Does He Know? Trained by Kim Bailey. Uh, this was third of Zanz at Newbury, and I reckon that will win the Grimthorpe at 3.15 at um, Doncaster. Right you are. Okay, so no we're, we're at, uh, where are we now? Newbury. Newbury. We've gone to Newbury. And at Newbury, in the first race, which is at 1.40, there's a horse that only just got beat the other day. Richard Bandy's got it. Um, it was with Tizard. And it's run all right for Bandy. Just got beaten by Musical Slavery. It's called... Mr. Malarkey. And I think that'll win the first race. I'll be honest, the veterans chase meaning they're older horses a bit like you. Mm -hmm. And I reckon I reckon that'll win there. Okay, Mr. Bilaki. I tell you what, now I've said that, I think Mary's gonna be a little bit disappointed in me because she rather likes you for some reason. And um, oh, that's Mary, nice. Mary, Hello Mary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hi Mary. I, I said to Mary I'd ring her this week and I haven't done. I've just been flat to the boards at home, but I will call her every weekend. Well, make sure hello. you do. She'll get funny otherwise. Okay. She blooming will get funny. She gets a bit funny sometimes. Yeah. But she'll get a bit funny now I've called you uh, a veteran. Old. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. She blooming will get a bit yeah. funny, I yeah. reckon, now. It's, it's showing no respect at all to age, are you? Absolutely no, no, no respect whatsoever. None. Let's just change the subject. subject <laughs> Here we are. Right. Right. What wins the 210 at Newbury? It's either a horse called Dara Giarciani that won at Utox the other day, trained by Harry Durham, who was who's Nichols's nephew. Yeah. And train, trains not far from me. Or it's a horse called Pylon that ran quite well the other day. He's just getting to the right end of the handicap. He was trained by Philip Pops. He's a horse that won at the Cheltenham Festival back uh, 20, 20, I think it was. And, um, He's also, I think, he's got some pretty good, you know, foot form coming down the handicap. So I'm going to go for a reverse exactor at Newbury. Number one, Dargiani, and number seven, Pylon, two ten Newbury. Okay, Py, Pylon, right? Okay. Now I re I reckon this is the race, the Greatwood Gold Cup that um, Zanza runs, and yeah, you're right there. Uh, Mikel Nolan takes right. I mean, they have hyped the blooming horse up by about fifteen pounds, which I think is a little bit excessive. Yeah, but yeah. there we are. Yeah. But he does love Newbury, so you know, if ever he's going to win another race off that rating, it could be at his beloved track. So we'll go for Zanza right. in the two forty-five. Okay. 
Um, right. Let's have a quick area. Oh, internet's working for a change. Um, right. Oh, yeah, I do fancy one there. I'll tell you what, I was talking to Rupert Bell there. They talk sports, Rupert Bell. And his brother, Michael Bell, has got a runner. Went at Huntingdon by half length the other day. Before that, ran quite well at some Weatherby. What race are we um, in, please? It's called the 325. And it's oh, called okay. Artistic Choice. Choice. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. yeah. I reckon that's got a chance, eh? Mm-hmm. I, re- I really do. Um, right. As we move on through, I think, um, Poncho, Gary Moores can win the um, four o'clock. He was good winner at T- Plumpton the other day from Tapley. And I was at Plumpton last Monday in Tapley, one by about 10 wickets. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty good form. So Poncho at Newbury is my next bet. And that is my final bet, um, listeners, because I reckon that's it. I don't think I'm going to find you any more okay. than I fancy anyhow. Well, I've got to take you to task so, in a minute because I want to know how many more yeah. times are you going to lead yeah. the public astray by telling them to, buy right. to back Boot Hill? Because yet again, uh, you pulled it out and it didn't get, it, it didn't win. No, he, I tell you what happened there. He's quite a good horse, Bootle. I know a lot about him. Um, if you watch the race, Harry Cobden ran a, rode a pearl already on the wing because um, Sailor jumped off the front, jumped a couple, then he really slowed it up. Bootle was pulling hard. And then all of a sudden, I think Johnny Burt thought Bootle Solo was going to kick on and make it a real test, but he didn't. And he then he put Boot Hill up there into second place, and and then they slowed it up again. So he's not an easy horse to ride, really, but he's got a lot of ability. But he didn't quite put it off, did he? No. Did you back it? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So that's more money down the drain then. More money down the drain. Oh. Who do I get in touch with, eh? Just who do I get in touch with? I'm, I'm sorry. Well, you should I'm be. Sorry. You, you oh, should my be. cat's just come through the cat uh, Hi, Mitzi. Mitzi, please. Uh, I've got a great cat who's 16 years old. Yeah. She just loves following me around. She's coming for a few biscuits. Well, Colin, I'm going to let you go. Thank you very much for doing what you do, because we do appreciate it. And um, No problem, listeners. Have a great weekend. Yeah, we will. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Lovely job. Speak to you next week, then. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, that was our Colin, and he's off to Newbury on Saturday, so if you're going to Newbury, keep your eyes open. He'll be around somewhere, lurking, no doubt. Um, Now we're going to catch up with uh, his big mate, and my big mate, Dave Wilson, who's also going to be going to Newbury. He's managed to catch some tickets off of Colin, I think. So here's what he's got to say for his lucky 15 for this week. Afternoon, Dave. What sort of a week have you had? Yeah, fair to middling, mate. Uh, we've had a, a couple of days out, one count, and then Dalton this week. But we was desperate last Saturday with our uh, big tip, Fledgematic. Yeah. He just got caught, beat a neck, and I oh, was 10, 15 lengths clear of the third place and uh, was having a good scream up at the TV on Saturday and uh, trying to get him home and... Uh, Unfortunate. Uh, we had a fifth with Vivaldi, a fourth with Guy, and uh, Venetia's one gallop to Chasse. Uh, he didn't quite finish a race. He something went wrong with him. So uh, mm. we didn't have a great, great return on our bet, but we had uh, just 
mistakes. Uh, it was just one of them, uh, and neck the other way, without a nice, nice sixteen to one winner. So yeah. uh, it was rather unfortunate. But we got a nice card on the Saturday this week over at Newbury, and uh, some good racing up at Doncaster. But we've got four four years for uh, Newbury this week, so I'm going to go up there and uh, <coughs> going to bump into one of our fellow uh, radio tipsters. They're going to see meet up with Colin and. Uh, have a nice chat with him as we normally do when we're together. So uh, we shall see. Okay, uh, we're going to kick off with uh, 140 at Newbury. Yeah. And we're going with uh, Mr. Malarkey. I think he's uh, just opened up in the betting around about a 7 to 4, 2 to 1 sort of uh, price now. He's the next Colin Tizard horse. That's so right, he is enough, indeed. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just moved over to Richard Bandy. He's had four runs for Richard, and uh, Harry Bannister's going to be taking a ride. He's finished second three times so far since he's left the Tizard Yard and he got pulled up on the other run. But his form looks to be coming back each time he's raced so far. And this is a veterans race as well. So with him coming back into form at the moment, I think he looks to be a very good opportunity for him to win. The second favourite is Cyclops, who he's given seven to. But he's a 12-year-old, so there's two years difference between them. Yeah. And I've never rated Cyclops in the same sort of category as I'd ever rate Mr. Malarkey. Mm. So uh, I've got a fucking, I've got a funny feeling that seven to four is going to be uh, gobbled up quite quickly about Mr. Malarkey when uh, the people realise that that price is actually available. So he's going to start our lucky fifteen for us on Saturday. Righty ho. Huh? Moving down to the second leg for two ten. Uh, the one that we're going for here is Dargiagini. Going to be ridden by Paul O'Brien and trained by Harry Derham. Now, those local to Somerset, Ditchett area, will know Harry Derham. He was uh, the assistant trainer at Paul Nichols Yard for the past five or six years, and he's out on his own now in his first year of training. He's had a good few winners already as well as uh, young Harry. So I think our Giorgini will run a very big race. He was in the process of looking the likely winner when he fell in a chase and then after that he'd come out and he absolutely bolted up at Utoxeter in a hurdle race. He's gone up five or six pounds in the handicap and he's running off a handicap mark of around about 131 in this and I think he's got a lot more in the locker yet and I don't really think there's too much that's going to trouble him. His opening shows around about seven to two and I think that's a huge price for him. So, as I say, Harry Derham's a new trainer on the block, uh, one of the latest recruits that's come out of Ditchett, following in the footsteps of the likes of Christian Williams and uh, Dan Skelt and Harry Fry and a few others that have come out from the Ditchett team and uh, set up on their own, and they've all done very, very well and all been very successful. So, Harry started off the season very well as well. So, uh we're going to side up with this horse there in the 210, Dai Okay, fine. Moving down to the 245. Now, this race is a, a bit of a Newbury specialist. Paint the Dream wins all the time around Newbury. Zanzar wins every time it runs at Newbury. And Sebastopol seems to run very well there. He beat Stage Star last time at Newbury. So you've got three horses in the race there, which absolutely thrive at the track at Newbury, but we're going to side up with Paint Your Dream and uh, Connor Brace taking the ride for Fergo O'Brien, and I think he's beaten a lot 
better class of horse than the other two have when he's been running at Newbury, although saying that Sebastopol beat Stage Star last time out, but I know for a fact that Stage Star wasn't right after that race, so I've put a little bit of a squiggle through that line of form now. This is uh, Greatwood Hurdle, and last year Paint the Dream actually won this race, and uh, he's won over course and distance, uh, again, two runs back by 14 lengths, so... Uh, it's one of them where you've got quite a few horses in there which really like Newbury, but we're going with a top weight in Paint the Dream, who's priced up at around about nine to four, uh, five to two sort of price. It might even be three to one with a couple of firms at the moment. So uh, he's going to be our third leg there. So that's Paint the Dream in uh, two forty-five. Okay, fine. Now we're going to skip one race and we're going to move on to the four o'clock. There's one in here that. I really liked the look of last time out, but Penny really seemed to drop when he got late on into the race, and that's forget the way. He's going to be ridden by Tom Cannon, and he's trained by Alan King. Now, he's had five runs today, and he's improved in every run, but he's been running very, very green, as they say. But last time out, when he hit the home straight, he was uh, quite a way off the pace, and uh, he got his head down, and he only got beat three-quarters of a length or so in a in a three-way sort of photo finish. And the handicap has given him a handicap mark of 107. And I would have said that's at least 7 to £14 pounds lower than I would rate him. So uh, he's going to be priced up at around about 7 to 1, I believe, or bigger when the betting starts on there. And he's my each-way banker bet for the weekend, and he's going to be our last leg of uh, lucky 15. Now, he's a half-brother to a horse that we'll all know, Midnight Referendum, and uh, which is out uh, another one that Alan King trains, and uh, he's currently in the racing circuit as well. So I think, forget the way, he's got a very good chance there. And Midnight Referendum's a five-time race winner in, in his own right. So uh, being related as a half-brother to him, I think he'll uh, start improving. And as I say... The penny really seemed to drop with him last time out, and I think he's going to run a big race in this four o'clock now. So that's the four we've got for you this week, mate, and uh, hopefully we'll have a couple of winners there, and uh, we'll be at Newbury in person to watch him run as well. And, well, uh, it'll be a nice day. Don't do your head at Newbury. <laughs> Knowing you, though. <laughs> anyway, well, I enjoy your time out there, and uh, I'll, I'll speak to Colin for you, give him my regards, and uh, buy him a drink, keep him happy, and uh, we'll talk next week, mate. All right. Will do. Okay, lovely job. Thanks, Dave. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, and now we're going to catch up with Jamie Snowden, star of ITV Racing. Well, good afternoon, Jamie. Um, It's always difficult to get out of a superstar, and since your appearance on ITV, you're definitely a bit of a superstar on the going. Oh, (laughs) you're very kind, Eddie. I'm not quite sure about that, but... uh... But, Never mind. but superstars have to travel, and you've got to travel all the way up to Kelso on Saturday, which is a fair old drive, isn't it? Yeah, a bit, a bit of a trek up there, a bit of a trek. We've, we got there with Colonel Harry, who runs in the grade two. Um, he's been a, a, a really progressive horse this year. He's won a couple of times, and he, he wasn't beat very far in the grade one Tolworth at Sandown in early jam. So um, hopefully he's got half a chance. Yeah, definitely. And uh, they seem to be putting on some special, uh, you know, increased prize money, don't they, up at Kelso this particular weekend? Yeah, there's, there's, it's, a, it's obviously their, their sort of signature day, as it were. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of prize money in offer. And, and yeah, we, 
we we had three three entered, but um, we're we're only going to go with one of them, unfortunately. But um, it's just not quite soft enough for for Hardy to so I think he'll go for the Imperial Cup uh, at Sandown the week later. Hopefully, it'll be a bit softer, and uh, the ground will be a bit softer. And Garlaw's not quite ready to to go up there, so we just go with Colonel Harry. So you mentioned the weather. I mean, you know, we still haven't had any rain, a substantial rain anyway that I've seen. Um, it's getting a bit worrying, isn't it? I mean, I know there's, there's bad weather forecast for next week, but um, not necessarily rain. Yeah, it's slightly frustrating, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, it certainly is, especially with horses that are very dependent on, on softer ground. It's, um, there's not much of it. No, no, quite. And, of course, with Cheltenham just around the corner... Um, Everybody's getting psyched up for that, and and obviously you've got to want decent weather, you know, decent ground up at Cheltenham as well. That's that that's the hope, isn't it? Um, mm. That's the hope. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be putting plenty of water down. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully it'll be okay. Um, talking of Cheltenham, we'll probably talk a little bit more next week. But uh, are your string that that are going all sort of um, you know up to scratch and ready to roll. Yeah, I think so. Um, we've got quite a few entered. Um, I think we'll end up probably just going with three of them. Mm-hmm. That's right, Gina will probably go for the plates. You wear it well, we'll go for the, the Mayor's Novice Hurdle and, and Garlor in all likelihood is, well, we've got to choose between the, the Ryanair and the Gold Cup. But yeah. Um, yeah, the Ryanair is the one that makes sense. Although um, every now and again, you've got to, you've got to tilt for gold, but um, we'll, we'll make a decision close to the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, steadily pushing on. The, the, the winners have, have dried up just a tad, but, I mean, you're still getting a, a winner every two or three days, it would appear. So you must be happy with the progress you're making still. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Yeah, we've had, we've had three winners in the, la- in the last couple of weeks. So um, Obsessed With You was very good at the weekend. She, she won very nicely. Obviously, that's right, Gina was second in the grade two there the other day as well. Yeah. So um, horse, horses running well. Record prize money, I think we're just shy of 550,000 now, which is a record. So... No, it's been a great season. Yeah, so long may it continue. And obviously with Cheltenham coming up, it would be the icing on the cake, I suspect. Exactly. That, 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 would, be, that would be very nice. But we all know how hard it is to win there. Yeah. Well, look, thanks for coming on, Jamie. Now that you're a superstar, I mean, you know, we need to look after you. So um, uh, we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate your uh, your coming on the show. And uh, I shall look forward to seeing you next on ITV Racing as well. So keep it up. Look forward to it. Thanks, AD. Take care. Thanks a lot, Jamie. Speak to you next week. Bye-bye. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden, um, superstar from ITV Racing. Um, and obviously, we'll be hoping to speak to Jamie again next week. Now then, um, it's Cheltenham very shortly. And uh, we'll be having a, a fairly extensive review next week's show. But um, we will also be bringing you uh, a preview before each day's racing at Cheltenham. At uh, 7 o'clock on uh, Three Valleys Radio. So please join us then. Uh, Colin Brown will be looking at the, the following day's racing and seeing if he can find a few winners. Um, no doubt Mr Mullins will be mentioned in uh, dispatches, I'm sure. But uh, please make sure you join us. Cheltenham Preview, 7 o'clock, starting on Monday the 13th of March. And that more or less brings us to the end of the show this week. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to join us next week, same time, same station. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye.